to the Gridiron Show in association with Touchdown Trips, getting you... Yes, you! ...in the game. Week one in the books, injuries to talk about, week two coming up, and a few upsets on the card, we feel. Plus, we'll catch up with Ben Mortimer from Touchdown Trips, and the latest with Red Zone Sports. This is the Gridiron Show. Hello, welcome to the Gridiron Show in association with Touchdown Trips, getting you... Yes, you. Thank you, mate. In the game, uh, Will Gavin, Ollie Hunter, here for your week two preview slate. Plus, we'll look back at Thursday Night Football, Bengals-Ravens. What a game it was. To be what a, a bit of a barnstormer. Uh, oh, I, was, I wasn't even going to pretend like we had seen it already, but okay. <laughs> That's what we're doing. Yeah, what a great game. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> One of my favourites. Uh, good. I'm glad that you thought, felt that way. I thought it lacked. I thought there could have been more to it. Stupid Thursday nights. No, no, no. It bucked the trend of Thursday night rubbish. It was great. Oh, it did, did it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't really know where else to go with that no, gag. There's nowhere else to go. It was a bit that didn't have a long shelf life, and uh, I think we took it to its zenith. Be beyond its zenith, probably. To yeah. be quite honest yeah, with you, yeah, um, Ollie, have you been, buddy? What, what, is, uh, <sighs> what tales from the uh, from the road do you have to bring us? I don't know. No, not many tales. Spoke to KP today. Well, I didn't, but the guys on Drive did, so that was fun. Um, spent some time with Natalie Sawyer the last couple of nights, which was good. Not in that way. Um, yeah, no, in in the professional broadcasting in the professional, sense. Yeah, exactly. Other than that, it's been rather uneventful. How about you, big man, big ginge? Big Ginge. Oh, well, Big Ginge oh. has spent most of the last two days playing Spider-Man on the PS4. Uh, okay. That yeah. is... good. I, I presume <laughs> it's a good game then. Uh, it's unbelievably good. So much so that I might secretly be finishing a mission right now while we're talking. Uh, that's an absolute disgrace. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also being attacked by a cat who may or may, may not stop the uh, equipment from working. No, he's gone well, away. on the that's game? Fine. No, in real life. Oh, one of your cat, actual cats. Yeah, yeah. One yeah. of my actual cats clambering all over the setup, which meant it could have got turned off. You could have got hung up on. It could have stopped recording. So it could have all gone horribly wrong. But the moment I said the word cat, he just he just went. So it's fine. Uh, so coming up on today's show, we'll be looking forward to all of the week two games. There's some barnstormers in there. A couple of fancy teams who lost in week one in the Lions and 49ers going to have quite a few good divisional matchups. Giants-Cowboys this Thursday night game, of course. Uh, a few others in there as well. Lots of injury chat. Panthers-Falcons with some real injury problems to that Falcons defence. Loads for us to get into. Uh, but first, shall we speak with Ben Mortimer from Touchdown Trips? For he and I will be reviewing Thursday Night Football and then uh, he's got some, some amazing deals coming up that he's going to tell you about as well because tis the season to go and watch football in the States. So uh, here's Ben Mortimer from Touchdown Trips. So Thursday Night Football for week two in the books. The Cincinnati Bengals move to 2-0. and oh. Are they a threat in what we've perceived as a weak AFC this season? Really impressed. Andy Dalton generally been terrible on Thursday nights throws four touchdowns three of them to AJ Green in the first half Joe Mixon looked very good closing the game out in the fourth quarter with that long six six and a half minute drive for the field goal before the late turnover um, but most importantly 
the Cincinnati Bengals have an offensive line. Uh, Billy Price looked really good. The, the rookie center, Cordy Glenn, coming in at left tackle. And I think maybe their most important signing of this offseason was Frank Pollock, the offensive line coach from the Dallas Cowboys, because he's just revolutionized the way they play. Bill Lazor being given an entire offseason to work on that offense instead of just being thrown in in the middle of the season. Genuinely, I think this is the best the Bengals have looked in four or five years. A little bit of a worry for the rest of the AFC North, and we need to get a the view of our main man, the main Ravens fan, and also he's going to tell you about some great deals the touchdown trips have got coming up, Ben Mortimer. Ben, uh, did you stay up to watch this one, and how are you feeling after Thursday night football? Uh, yes, and tired and sad. I mean, there's that element of it's on the road, it's week two, Thursday night is always hard for going on the road, and other than, the Ravens had a genuinely really good chance coming back into this, and there was a stretch of about a quarter and a half where they were definitely the better team. Yeah, I mean, I think they were um, they came into the game lacking intensity, and, and the, the Bengals were really up for it. I mean, that was so obvious from the um, from the very start of the game. You know, the crowd were behind them. Um, the Ravens didn't really look ready for the game, which I was surprised by because you know they basically had a quarter off at the end of the uh, the Buffalo game. Um, but uh, yeah, they, they were being. I think the majority of the game they were um, dominated on on both sides on both lines, and that was was pretty key. Um, there was far more success um, getting pressure uh, on Flacco. Uh, I mean, the the Ravens' O line uh, looked um, very very vulnerable uh, throughout the game, and, uh, and and likewise, it was surprising how. I mean, since they have a very good O line, um, but um, the the lack of effective pass rush uh, from the Ravens um, really gave Dalton. Um, a good amount of time, and I think that they he was on certainly in the first half. You know, he was he played about as as well as I've seen Dalton play. Um, you know, Mixon is is a is a big threat, and, and when he was out of the game, that was that was evident that uh, you know it was a bit more um, effective against them. But uh, yeah, I think you know the, the Ravens they were it was it was I, I was surprised that there was only a fourteen point deficit at the half, and that was mainly due to. Um, a fairly poor series right before the half, where they threw it three three times and there was a three and out and and, and got you know, the Ravens the ball back and then there was the fairly soft pass interference that, that gave them the touchdown before the half. But I think that was flattering. Uh, the, you know, the Bengals were the better side for the vast majority of that game and, and thoroughly deserved the win. Um, and I think there were a couple there were a couple of officiating calls which you can feel a little bit frustrated by. The pass interference was definitely mm-hmm. soft. Um, the roughing the passer call yeah. uh, against that. I mean, honestly, uh, the man had momentum, did not tackle him, did not put full body weight on, just got a hand on Dalton after he'd let go of the ball. That was one of the most absurd calls. And Troy Aikman was genuinely livid. He, he was. I think um, you can see what the officials have been told. And and, and he, he does make... The, I mean, Aikman made the point that, you know, why, why did he essentially put his hands out and push him? Because you could make the argument that um, he, he could have basically run by him or just brushed him and he and he did he did make that that slight little push but i mean obviously i'm i'm a ravens fan i, I think that the um that it may have been called in in with regards to what they've been told to call it was right in front of the referee so i mean he, he couldn't have missed it it was you know three three mm-hmm. yards away um but uh, my problem is that if that is the now the definition of roughing the passer then the definition is way off and they need to revise that because i mean it's, it's a cliche that you know should we start playing flag football but uh, i mean that was ridiculous it was 
Um, and, and it obviously led to a touchdown. Uh, now, you can also argue, I've thought about this because I, you know, I was awake two hours after the game going through it in my head, but uh, the, um, the, even then, you know, after that rough in the pass of call, it would have got them off the field, it would have given momentum back to the Ravens, but you know, they still had to drive 75, 70, uh, 70 yards after that, and, and there's no excuse for letting them uh, go down and score a touchdown. But yeah, that, that was uh, soft, to put it, put, put it lightly. Yeah, I think that's fair. And uh, there are the only other concern I have with the Ravens. I still think it's it's too early in the season on the road. You can always get the game back back in Baltimore. Um, Eric Weddle a couple of times getting beaten. I love Eric Weddle. Just may I'm just slightly worried this might be the season he loses a step, and they have to start thinking of a different way to use him. Whilst on the other side of the ball for the Bengals defense, you get a young rookie coming in, making an inception in Jesse Bates, and having a couple of other really good plays as well. It's uh, that. That would be my only other mild concern, but I think yeah, the Ravens. I still think onwards and upwards this year. I think there were going to be two teams at least to come out of the AFC North, um, and uh, well, the Steelers haven't looked all that quite yet. So uh, it's going to be a really intriguing division this year. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a, it's a tradition for the Ravens to play badly in in Cincinnati. So um, and and they do have a history of of, of laying at least uh, an egg or two um, on on the road every season. Um, and certainly, I'm, I'm not going to get into Harbaugh's stewardship, but uh, uh, it is it is a theme. So yeah, I agree. Will I think um, I think they will be competitive this year and have a good shot at the playoffs. Uh, so tell me, uh, well, we've, we've, did, did I say on Twitter the other day that a couple more places have opened up for our trip as well? Um, it's been mentioned. It's it's a bit uh, at this point. Uh, it's, we could we could certainly look at uh, trying to accommodate people. It's it's we've kind of declared the uh, the seats to the airline now, so we'd have to beg for more seats. Um, but uh, we could. I'm sure we could make it happen if someone was uh, was was um, enamoured with the itinerary for the Gridiron Tour. It's going to be a great tour. But you have got some other deals up at the moment and some other stuff that people might be interested in. Yeah, I mean, we we it's it's obviously we're into the season now. Um, it's the it's the time for those who are uh, on the fence maybe to um, to consider a trip. Uh, it, it can often be we can we we'd like to sort of identify uh, last minute deals as well that that look appealing. You know, so um, uh, we've had some people booking out uh, with less than two weeks notice to places like Miami to see the Oakland game next weekend and things like that and and that was coming in at less than £900 a person um, you know, for your three nights in Miami and and, uh, and, and your tickets and tailgate uh, for the Dolphins game not a bad uh, trip that that's great no, it's, it's alright it's alright and then we've got you know and then and then just I mean looking at you know, if people are thinking about ideas or, or trying to convince maybe mates that are not that into the NFL or, or maybe partners that are not that into the NFL either um, Thanksgiving's all, Thanksgiving's always a fun time so yeah I do uh, I think Thursday night in New Orleans is an appealing um, uh, option for me uh, <laughs> I think for you as well Will um, and that would be that would <laughs> yeah, be the same time yeah it's because the Saints Falcons. It's a great game. So um, and and then you can always look at tagging on um, an extra game the weekend. You know, obviously you have the Thursday game, and then you can head somewhere else for for any one of a number of decent matchups on the Sunday as well. So that would uh, lend itself to a nice five night trip. You know, obviously we can do the two cities, um, and then New Year as well. I've been looking at that, and um, yeah, that's always a an idea of doing something different over the over the Christmas New Year period. So um, yesterday we. Uh, did a quite a nice uh, nice trip to Seattle, and that was four nights to uh, to see the Seahawks over New Year and uh, spend New Year's Eve uh, in Seattle, and then come back uh, on the evening of New Year's Day, and, and that was again coming in at uh, less than a thousand pounds a person uh, for the four nights and the game tickets and a Seattle tailgate that we'll be going to on the Gridiron Tour that includes local microbrews and uh, 
and gourmet barbecue. So mm. I cannot wait for that game. No. Uh, I, 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 I cannot wait in general, but it's going to be fantastic. Honestly, I, I, I think there are going to be some people who are disappointed that they missed out on Raider Seahawks tickets for the game uh, at Wembley. And I'm sure if you're a fan, you'll be holding out for those game for that game probably and trying to get tickets on Twickets or something but if you uh, if you are disappointed that you missed out on that game honestly go out and watch a game in the states it's it is otherworldly uh, to be there amongst the US fans prove to them how much we know about football as well i always enjoy that when they go hey you brit guys know about football um <laughs> It, honestly, it's such a great time, and uh, Ben Ben does do the best deals. We don't work with Ben for no reason. Well, thanks, Will. I'm, I can't really add anything to that. <laughs> Good. Well, uh, look, enjoy. The, the one thing about Thursday Night Football, even if you've lost, is that you can enjoy the Sunday games without stress. You can just relax, take it easy, uh, take in red zone, take in the game. So enjoy this weekend, and uh, I'm sure we'll catch up as we get closer to the season. Closer to the London games, even. The one good thing about last night, I had AJ Green on my fantasy team. There you go. See? Hmm. I had AJ Green in two fantasy teams and wasn't playing against him in any. So I am <laughs> delighted this morning. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Will. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Cheers, Ben. Cheers. Ben Mortimer talking Thursday night football. Uh, I've changed my mind, Ollie. It was better than I thought it was originally. No, I thought it was rubbish. No, there we go. See? Yeah. No pleasing some people. What's the point? Uh... There were 300 points, Ollie. I, I, tried to, I was initially going to go with a, with a realistic number when, and then ended up on 300. I don't even know how that happened. No one knows. <laughs> right. Um, before we get into week two, just to mention the uh, modern era nominees, the early long list has been announced for the class of 2019 of the Hall of Fame. There's no point in going through all of them. 49 offensive players, 39 defensive players, five special teamers. But let's just mention the first timers that are in there. Tony Gonzalez... London Ooh. Fletcher, Champ Bailey, Ed Reed. I think at least Ed, Ed Reed and Tony Gonzalez have a very genuine, legitimate opportunity of being first ballots on this one. I think Gonzalez 100% because, I mean, what he did for the tight end position, legitimising it almost and taking it to a different level. And you could say players like Antonio Gates and uh, Gronk, Latterly, some of the other bigger guys that, that are proper pass catchers as well owe quite a lot to someone like Tony Gonzalez. So I'm all in on Gonzalez. Love that. Big fan. And then Ed Reed was just brilliant at his position. Just one of the best. And in terms of a safety who got takeaways, just you know, not like me, a radio presenter that gets takeaways. That means something very different. Uh, he was a safety that got takeaways. Uh, on a consistent basis, which you weren't seeing actually a huge amount of in the, in the NFL at that no. point. Um, I, um, I'm delighted that he's on the old first ballot. Really, really pleased uh, that he would, that he, I'll be delighted if he's first ballot because he'll deserve to be. That makes sense, right? It just seems right. you'll be delighted, whatever. I, I'm an easily delighted man. Yeah. Uh, Delightable. That's, that's, that's what we're saying. Uh, so let's talk. Week two, finally. Uh, and what game would you like to start with, Ollie? Because well, I you're think, in charge today. Well, I think actually, and it's not just because it's a homer pick, but I think there is really only one place to go amongst the eight games that start at one o'clock, and that's the Minnesota Vikings at the Green Bay Packers. Now, Aaron Rodgers and his sprained knee is day-to-day. He didn't practice. Is, is sprained what they've gone with in the end? Well, I think that's what they've gone with. 
Yeah. Okay. Re- rehabbing. Uh, Rogers re- is rehabbing knee sprain. He's still day to day. So listen, I think he will play, but if he doesn't play, put all the money that you have on Minnesota Vikings to win that game. If he does play, it it levels the playing field. Uh, the fact that it's in Lambo as well a little bit more. Um, Green Bay about, really need we, him. We talked about this last week, but the um, but but the fact that he's being forced to play on time, on rhythm, the fact that it makes him be a more structured quarterback. I, I I started to make this point last week, and then I completely forgot to finish it. But did you see Tom Brady's comments that if um, Aaron Rodgers was in the same sort of system he plays, mm. then he would uh, uh, then he would get seven thousand yards a year. That's that's what Tom Brady uh, came out with is what he believes. What uh, like how good he believes Aaron Rodgers would be playing in that same system. So look, Brady believes it. I believe it. That means we've got to believe it. They're, they're, them's the rules. Me and Tom Brady are the markers by which we do all football analysis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and, and I totally agree with you. Another marker would be Bob McGinn, and uh, this was flagged up to be my, by Matt Sherry, and. Bob McGinn has said that the key matchup in this is actually is not uh, the offensive line and uh, for Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers and that incredible defense that Minnesota have, but the uh, just switch it the other side and the Minnesota f- offensive line, which isn't great, going up against a pretty mediocre at times Green Bay pass rush. So if that offensive line holds up against Green Bay's poor pass rush. Uh, that that is where Bob McGinn thinks it will be won and lost. I mean, heart overhead. I've and especially on Gridiron Pickham on the uh, on the, uh, the the Pickham Challenge. I've picked Green Bay, but that is clearly heart ruling overhead. I think Minnesota actually do go in and win that. But is it is it in Minnesota or in Green Bay? It's in Green Bay at Lambeau. I think I might be taking the Packers. I'm. I mean, I'm I'm taking the Packers, but. I could tell you who I took on Pickham if I could get on my internet. Again, this is my problem, but it's fine. I, I yeah. Did so you tweet I, it? I, yeah, I did. So well, you can I'll tell me who it. I picked. There we go. Uh, yeah. So I, um, I, I, yeah, I love the Vikings this year, but I like the Packers as well in that NFC North. This is a bit of a coin toss. A lot of it will come down to Aaron Rodgers' health. So it's certainly not a game I will be putting any De Niro on. Well, you but, picked the uh, Vikings on on. Uh, there you go. So I'll, stick, uh, so I've got to stick with that pick. I've picked the Vikings, I guess, because I think, in fact, do you know what? That's the game. I think I even thought it as I picked it. This is the game I will most likely change before the end of this week. So who knows what's going to happen there? The problem is when you're be asked, being asked to do it by Josh Peacock and doing it early and stuff, you, you don't know what's going to happen injury report wise. You can, you, I mean, you can change it all the way up until sunday afternoon if you want so but we don't know we don't know what's going to happen with rogers so yeah again if if he wants us to pick it early because it encourages more people to pick it early when they see it on twitter i reserve completely my right to uh change my picks at any point yeah and as as you should well even after even after the games (laughs) (laughs) uh can you do that? Oh, that explains why you were so good last year. Right, gotcha. I <laughs> know uh, two years ago I was really good. Oh, last was it two year, years ago. Sherry did really well. Oh, is that because you didn't have the the logins for last year and you can precisely, yeah, precisely. Yeah. 
There are some... I still did well last year. I think I came second, but... So what you're saying is if Rogers that is That means available... I was a loser as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, whatever. What you're saying Let's... is <laughs> Rod... if Rogers is available, is... You're, pick... you're picking the Packers. If he's not, you're picking the Vikings. And that's yes. the same as me. Right, moving on. Moving on. There's some really, really good games at one o'clock. Um, let's it's Falcons-Panthers go... at one o'clock. Falcons-Panthers was the next one that I was going to. That's one o'clock. It's in Atlanta. What are you thinking for this, Willie? Uh, this one is, uh, like, as far as all the games go this weekend, I mean, this could be real attritional old school football uh, for this one. I, I'm feeling that the... Basically, if you if you look at the injuries to the Falcons team, they've now lost Keanu Neal for the season, Dayon Jones for the bulk of the season. They do believe that he will be back before the season is up, but essentially he is done for the year. Uh, you know, by the time he's back, they could be already out of contention in the NFC South. How strong that division is, so. I, my, that's the big concern. I think the Panthers will be able to run the ball successfully on them with missing those two key pieces up the middle for them. And that's going to cause them all sorts of issues. So I quite like the Panthers to uh, to do this one. And uh, in a low-scoring game, you look at the, the... They are terrible in the old red zone, the Falcons. And when they're not going to be getting any takeaways or anything like that to help give them short field, the offense is going to have to do a lot more work. It just It all adds up two problems so as, i am taking the carolina panthers as of today Devonte freeman did not practice with that uh, brilliant with that sore i think it was a hamstring that he tweaked uh, or it might have been a knee tweaked at uh, in the first game in against the eagles so he still hasn't practiced this that was seven days ago he's gonna have 10 days to get over that um Def- uh, tevin coleman didn't run the ball that well but he's far more he's better out of the backfield it's almost if if Freeman's available and fit, I'm picking the Falcons. But as he's not, again, I'm I'm leaning towards the Panthers. They won't have Greg Olson, Ian Thomas, who a lot of people are high on, is coming in and to to deputise. But the the people are high on him, um, the rookie. I really love Christian McCaffrey. He looks okay both in the running and the passing game. You've always got Cam Newton there. I'm taking the Panthers as well. Panthers, easy. Let's move on. Let's move on. There's another, honestly, another barnstormer. Kansas City Chiefs at the 0-0-1 Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> now, the Steelers, there's a, uh, I saw Pete Prisco today saying that he thought this is the Steelers are going to come out angry and they're going to be able to beat Kansas City because of that. We're still in the early part of the season when Andy Reid is still the best head coach in football for the first few weeks and then it all goes downhill from there and I I expect the Chiefs are going to be ready to take I still not sure their defense is great the fact it's in Pittsburgh gives me some pause for thought but the level of coaching of that Steelers game last week was genuinely dreadful and so I'm going to take the Chiefs for an upset on the road yeah I'm, I'm with you again there'll be still no Lev Bell I'm not sure how much of a bit that of an issue that is but the Steelers defense isn't good and um, I love Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is Antonio Brown 2.0, <laughs> almost. That's that's a bit harsh on Antonio Brown, actually. Antonio Brown is still Antonio Brown, and I love watching him play. But Tyreek Hill, um, and if you've not listened to Around the NFL and Chris Wessling's 
rant about him not getting the Offensive Player of the Week. It's very, very funny. But Tyreek Hill was so, so good last week. That sorry, did... sorry, who who got Offensive Player of the Week then? Uh, Pat Mahomes. I mean, Pat Mahomes did a good job. And I think a lot of people were really impressed with him first week. And there's that kind of joy of giving it to a rookie and a storyline. But that's ridiculous. I haven't heard Chris Westling's rant. But the idea that it wasn't Tyreek Hill, who was easily the best offensive player in football, which probably last week made him the best player in football. I can't think of a defensive performance. Khalil Mack's first half against Green Bay, maybe. But honestly, I, that is ludicrous. Von Miller was awesome. But I oh, think Von, Von Miller was awesome. You're absolutely right. But no, I, that's bizarre. Yeah. And I think Tyreek Hill, he is it, he plays into Pat Mahomes' skill set yeah. more than he did Alex Smith because he's a field stretcher. Plus, Sammy Watkins didn't get a lot of targets last week, didn't get a lot of play. But him being out on the field forces your corners to do stuff. And that Pittsburgh defense, whilst I am higher on it than some, yeah. I am still... I, I don't know. I, they are still a young defense, and I think they will get out schemed by Andy Reid this week. And Tyreek Hill will go on another absolute destruction of an opposition defense, and the Chiefs will win a high-scoring game in Pittsburgh. Yeah, totally agree. Um, we're agreeing far too much. Let's see if we disagree on this one. The one and O Philadelphia Eagles, defending champions, they go to the pirate ship Tampa Bay, who are also with. Fitzmagic, 1-0. What, how do you see this going? Can the Tampa Bay Buccaneers keep this offensive, free-scoring um, play up? Or will they be brought back down to earth by the top, I don't know, maybe top five defence, top three maybe, uh, defence of the Philadelphia Eagles? That Philadelphia Eagles line is ridiculously good. The rotation they still have there this year, even after the Super Bowl, even after they did after they did lose a few pieces of it, is still utterly, utterly ridiculous. So I find it very, very difficult to pick against um, the Philadelphia Eagles in this situation, even though we had uh, an obviously lovely story last week for... Um, for uh, for the Bucks and getting that win in New Orleans, I think that's going to be an anomaly rather than the norm. I don't think Fitz Magic. I think he's going to have a really torrid time against uh, the Eagles. If you're playing me in fantasy, feel free to go ahead and start Fitz Magic because I don't think he does anything anywhere near <laughs> special in this game. And I'm t- and the Eagles are only three point favourites in this, but I am taking the Eagles quite happily. Are you not worried about Nick Foles and his production in that first game? Uh, 19 completions of 34, only 117 yards, no touchdowns. Does that worry you in any way? I mean, it worries me to an extent. It worries me that he's going to be nowhere near the player that he was that won the Super Bowl last year. But I think we expected that. And I think they've got the run game, the offensive line, the weapons uh, and the defense to negate him being rubbish, basically. I, yeah, I, I, I think that that's I think they've got enough there to get over that against a Bucks team that I think were a flash in the pan last week and will come back down to their norm, which isn't very good. I would. Ex- they're, so they're coached by Dirk Cutter. Yes. That's, that's yes. a reason, if any, to pick the, the Eagles in this situation. This, this year's Mike Malarkey. Um, I expect massive last games. Last year's Mike Malarkey. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I expect massive games from... I think Nick Foles is going to have a massive game. I, I predict Jay Ajayi, Corey Clement... Both of them are going to 
go off. Zach Ertz is going to have a huge game. Nelson Aguilar, who looked really good last week as well, is going to have another massive game. Have a, just, just look out for OJ Howard and Mike Evans, big guys who Ryan Fitzpatrick will lob it up to. So have a look at those. Don't count those guys out, but... I'm with you. I've got the Eagles, and I think maybe by 10 points or so. Let's move on to... Ooh, let's go to the Cleveland Browns, who haven't lost a game so far. Started they are to sound undefeated a bit like, yeah, in 2017. St- 2018. I started to sound like... Um, <laughs> I picked the wrong year. That it sounded that. like Danny Kelly there. Let's go to the... Cleveland Browns, who are, yes, undefeated. Uh, they take on the 0-0-1 Browns, travel to the Superdome, New Orleans, Will Gavin and Ollie Hunter's favourite American city. How do you see this one going, Willie? Not dissimilar to the last game. I can't imagine... I can't see the Saints papping the bed a second week in a row. And... Whilst you had, in this Cleveland team, they had opportunities to win that game, obviously. The defence looks excellent, but I think they've got a much sterner test uh, this week than they did against the Steelers team who were faltering last week. Yeah, they got a few big plays out of James Conner, but they weren't the same without Lev Bell there. Um, And it was sloppy weather and everything kind of went in their favour. This is indoors. That's where Drew Brees likes to be. He uh, He likes Dem Domes. I think that, Yeah, I just can't see the Saints doing it two weeks in a row. Michael Thomas was awesome last week. The rookie corner, Denzel Ward's going to have to deal with him. After his breakout performance, that's a very big issue to to have to... uh, The the kind of difficult second week after the brilliant first week. Um, But the bigger issue is the Cleveland Browns on offense. Tyrod Taylor, 15 of 40 for 197 yards, a touchdown and a pick. I know it was sloppy weather. I know that, you know, Carlos Hyde only ran, what, about three yards a carry. None of it was particularly impressive. Maybe that was the weather. But the Saints defense, I think, comes back after a rough, rough, rough week against the Bucks and uh, proves that they are closer to what we hoped they would be this year. Uh, I am taking the Saints. Yeah, I've got the Saints as well. I still love Drew Brees, Alvin, um, we're on first name terms. Michael Thomas, you uh, and Big Alf, me and Big Alf. Even Ted Ginn had a really, really good game. Um, I just don't. Why actually, do people? Why do people doubt Ted Ginn? I don't know. Like, he's still, honestly, well, apparently he he's still got that limit. pace as well. He's still got that that thrilling pace as well that that he had ten, twelve years ago when he first came into the league. I get that he has a limited skill set, right? But at what he does, he's very, very good, and people. It's, it's almost like he's a bit of a joke player and it feels a little unfair. I love Ted Ginn. I'm, do you know what? We are part of the Ted Ginn Appreciation Society and I'm not even upset about it. Uh, I don't believe in Tyrod Taylor. I think he's great with his feet, which gets him out of trouble that he causes for himself. I, I don't think he's a very good passer of the ball. I'd really like to see uh, Baker Mayfield in, in maybe within the next three or four games I'd love to see that I, I just don't I don't get it I, I do love Jarvis Landry and Josh Gordon David and Joku but not for me because... see it's interesting I like Tyrod Taylor more than most people do I think I think he's a serviceable quarterback in the NFL but I don't like the coaching so much if Hugh Jackson went back to being the uh an offensive coordinator again maybe I'd like Tyrod Taylor and all those pieces more but I just don't like him as a head coach um I also am not keen on him as a head coach. Even from that very first 
Hard Knocks episode, it, I just, it, I didn't like him. He grated me. Um, Tyrod Taylor, who would be easily the best quarterback for the next team that we're going to talk about, and that's the <laughs> Buffalo Bills, who host the LA Chargers. Now, the Buffalo Bills are absolutely dreadful. They decided to go with Josh Allen. Why they didn't do that in the first place against the Ravens, I don't know. Why have they got Josh Allen as the only other option to Nathan Peterman? I, I just they put it's ridiculous. In ridiculous. Such a hole by trading AJ McCarron away, having traded for him earlier in the summer. It just unless they just saw absolutely nothing from him. But honestly, you're trying to you're still trying to win football games. You went to the playoffs for the first time this millennia, the other last season, and then. This is what you're serving up, is this dross. And Josh Allen was, of all the prospects, he made sense in Buffalo because of the big arm, because of the weather. You need a guy that can throw the ball in the snow, in the wind. I get that. What I don't get is that why on earth are you trying... Oh, blimey. Why on earth are you... um, I'm sorry, one of my cats again trying to attack me. (laughs) Um, what, What I don't get is... The whole point was that you're putting Peterman in to protect him, to protect um, Josh Allen, because you're starting the season with some really rough defences, and he is the biggest project of all of the quarterbacks coming out. Yet he is starting first. That, oh, no, he's not. Darnold started first. He's the second one to start mm. of the five that came in uh, in the first round. That just seems like classic bad team mentality, classic poor team choices and teams like the Browns, teams like the Bills just make these mistakes again and again and again. And it's disappointing and it's frustrating and everything else. But sorry, that's life as a Bills fan. This is an easy Chargers win for me. Oh, absolutely devastating Chargers win. The Chargers charged it up a little bit against the Kansas City Chiefs. I think actually what we'll see is the Chargers in the upper echelons of the AFC rather than the lower echelons of it. And I think they're a far, far, far better team than the Buffalo Bills. Whatever the line is, I don't know what it is, but whatever the line is, I would go, I would say that the Chargers are going to cover that and then then and then and some. So um, I'm all in on the Chargers in this game. I love Rivers. I love Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler. Keenan Allen, I love just... All in on the charges. That defense is still pretty good, even without Joey Bosa, who's still not around. But yeah, you'd almost. I'm not. Uh, I've bet my house a couple of times, but you'd almost bet your house <laughs> on the charges uh, getting. How, a win how, here. How, how's that house ownership going for you? Oh mate, <laughs> it's not going great. I, I'll tell you off air. Something bad has happened, but yeah. I'll oh, that's. Yeah. I mean, I was just joking in terms of you making silly bets, but. Now it's got all serious. Well, God, all serious. What? I tell you, what is serious? A big AFC East clash. Miami Dolphins one and zero against yes, the New York Jets, who are also one and zero. I think the Jets are a much, much better team than the Miami Dolphins. Their defense is really, really, is really, really sexy. I love their receiving corp as well. That the four really, really interesting guys, and you've got Sam Darnold there. The running game is really nice. I really like the New York Jets in this game against the Miami Dolphins, who I don't like in any way at all, really, either. The last time these two teams both had a winning record when they met was actually 
before America even existed. What? No, it, <laughs> <laughs> um, it, no I, honestly, I, the Dolphins thing is I don't get the Dolphins hype. And we've spoken to this with Simon Clancy, our resident Dolphin man. And not, I don't mean like in that episode of South Park where he gets plastic surgery to look like a dolphin. I mean, a Dolphins fan. Um, and my kind of... But then they came out and they did it. And Tannehill had one series where he looked fantastic. Kenny Stills looks like a player who is going to be addition by subtraction without Jarvis Landry there. He looks like a much better player. I am buying into the Dolphins just a little bit after week one because it's also that mentality of winning in that very difficult situation when you've had the big delay is something that's very impressive to me. Plus, people will get overexcited about the rookie because he had did have a good game after that first pick, right? But yeah. where is this game? It's in New York. I think that just leans me towards the Jets. But this is more of a pick than I think it sounds like it is for you. Really? Oh, no, I'm I'm fully on the the Jet. Jet? Bandwagon, yeah, I'm fully on the uh, the Donald. <laughs> were you going to say jet wang? Yeah, the, the jet, jet, jet wangin. Definitely were going to say jet wangin. What's a jet wangin? No, I'm fully in you, you on the old know. Sam Donald and the New York Jets. Yeah, woo! Very good, mate. Very good. Uh, so I think this is going to be a Jets win, um, and maybe more than a touchdown. All right, let's move on. We're moving on uh, to the New York, not the New York. We've just spoken about them. To the Houston Texans. Well, there's another team from New York. Yeah, against... No. At the Tennessee Titans. (laughs) No. (laughs) I mean, there is. Oh, there is, yeah, yeah. Are you denying the existence of the New York Giants? No, 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 no. I thought... Is this this the most controversial stance you've ever had, Ollie? No, I just misheard you. I thought against another team in New York. I I apologise. I take it all back. Against the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee are at home. They're still sweating on Marcus Mariota's fitness, but they think he'll be okay. Otherwise... It's uh, your buddy, Blaine Gabbert, under centre for the Titans. Why is Blaine Gabbert my buddy? I don't know. I just thought you and him were friends. Uh, yeah, I mean, we went for a beer that one time. Yeah, that's what but, I thought. That means you're no. friends, right? Uh, I mean, if that's your definition of friends, then we must be friends, which is a first. This is news for me. Whoa. I'm not going to lie. Why are you being like this? <laughs> Genuinely upset, it sounds like. Yes. Uh, What's so, going on? Uh, how do you feel about this game? Come on. I think this could be the worst game of the week. And why do you think that, Ollie? And if you think of all of the other one o'clock games, there's something interesting about them and how bad Buffalo are. But the the Houston Texans, as Matt Sherry said on our our last show, were really, really not good. Um, Deshaun Watson, really the main reason for that. Not, Not looking secure, a bit jittery. Okay, DeAndre Hopkins looked all right. And, um, Do we not think that's something he's going to fix, though? Do we think that... I don't know. I, I, well, I hope so, from for their sake. But I just... And for the and for the sake of the football fan everywhere, because yeah, yeah, he yeah. was really entertaining to watch last year. He was great to watch last year, but he wasn't good last week. Maybe it was because he was um, taking on the... the the, the Patriots in Foxborough, his first game back, and maybe going a bit further south, he'll feel a bit more at home. I don't know. I just... This here's, game, actually, is a really hard game to call for me. Here's my problem. The I really like the Titans' secondary. Do I overreact to the fact that last week they got manhandled by the Dolphins? Or do I think... Yeah, do you know what? I like the talent. I'm still going to back them. Uh, I, I don't know. You tell me. 
I'm going to take them. I'm going to take the Tennessee Titans to beat the Houston Texans in a surprise, in a shock win. If Mariota's out and Blaine Gabbert's in, I'm changing that pick. Okay, fact, so I'm going to start on the Texans, and then if Mariota is confirmed fit, I might change to the Titans. That's what on, I'm on your gridiron... Uh, hyphenmagazine.com pick, picks challenge. challenge picks challenge not pick it's challenge. Called picks, picks challenge, challenge. brilliant uh, you've gone for the Texans yeah what I'm saying is that's what yeah. I'm sticking with for yeah. now yeah, yeah, yeah. if Mariota gets past fit here I come on that Titans choo-choo train I think I might that might be the first time I've ever picked the Titans I've also picked the Titans I think the home advantage Ooh. will help them uh, I've actually done that on my selections on my picks challenge I've picked the Titans so I've gone Titans there, um, but if Mariota doesn't play, I'm going to switch it to Texans. Right, quickly, let's move on to Washington, who hosts the Indianapolis Colts. I'm really excited to see Andrew Luckett back in action again. Um, I, I hope they've sorted out their running difficulties, which will in turn help him. Do we know if Marlon Mack's going to be back? I don't know. Let me check. Let me live check whilst you Well, talk while to you're me live about, checking, about... Th- the Washington defensive front is fantastic. I think genuinely really good. Preston Brown had a great game last week. Jonathan Allen, the tackle, secondary tackle out of Alabama, I want to say, um, is, uh, is a great player, player I like a lot. I, I believe uh, that this is going to be a Washington win because the Colts, for all that they looked competitive last week, and they did look legitimately competitive against the Bengals team that... There are quite a few people that like this season. Well, I think they've got their best roster uh, of the last four or five years, at least. I still think that their offensive line issues are a big problem against that Washington front seven. And their defence, for all the uh, you know, moments and flashes that they had last week, is still talent poor. It's poor on depth. And Washington are absolutely stacked until they get more injuries, which is bound to happen. But in the meantime, I will be picking the team that I said I would pick. <laughs> the, and, and, and that Washington. was Washington. It was Washington. Yeah. You, you, <laughs> Had to you have said, a real think about that then. You said you were picking Washington, and you were picking Washington. Uh, I am also picking Washington. Marlon Mack was limited in practice with his, with that hamstring. That was on Wednesday. But I, as you said, I'd really like the defense, and I, I think that Alex Smith is is almost perfect for what they do. I'm, I love watching Jordan Reed play. But I also, oh, he suits that Jay Gruden scheme beautifully. A hundred percent. But um, yeah, I, I'm I'm all in on Washington for that one, despite me wanting to see Andrew Luck do really, really well. Uh, let's move on, Willie, to the later games. Okay, let's do it, Ollie. Woo! Later games. I've just accidentally closed uh, the one that I shouldn't have done. <laughs> <laughs> the later uh, games. Let's start off with. Do you want to? Do you want to time code that and redo it, or are you just going to leave it as is? I leave it as it is. Why not? Um, let's start off with. That's what the I love about you, Ollie. L.A. Rams hosting the Arizona Cardinals. This is a nine oh five game. Um, I think the only way. This is almost as big a shoe in as um, the Los Angeles Chargers taking on the Buffalo Bills. I think the yeah. Rams are. Are massive favourites against the Cardinals, and again, whatever the line is on that, however many points it is, double it because that's the amount of points that the Rams will beat the Cardinals by. If LA don't come away with two wins this weekend as a city, it will be a an absolute disaster. Yeah, because 
they should be the heavy favourites in both of these games. The Cardinals uh, offensively just offered absolutely nothing last week. Zilch, Zada, nothing. Nada, nil. All of those things. I don't know what Zada is, but I'll go <laughs> I with like it. Zada. I'm, I'm taking it. <laughs> to- totally Zada. Uh, so, yeah. And for that reason... You have to take the Rams. They had a good second half against the Raiders as well. They started a little slowly, and yeah. there was some conversation about, oh, second season jitters. And I don't know if it was playing on Monday Night Football or anything like that, but they they got there eventually and looked really good in the end. And, yeah, while they're being coached by Sean McVay, did you see that brilliant video of Sean McVay talking with Matt Miller from um, Bleacher Report? No, I didn't. Where, so... Sean McVeigh is famed for having a, a near, uh, what's the eidetic memory? The like, um, is it eidetic when you have like a photo memory? Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, Whatever I think Sheldon so. Cooper has. Yeah, is, is that what you're comparing it to? Yeah, really. Is that where we're going with this? Sorry. Uh, so anyway, oh, that's shame. Uh, the um, yeah, the <laughs> the. I don't like it anymore. It's. I think it's really dropped off a cliff. Old uh, Big Bang. So they, um, <laughs> I mean, I could actually, if you put a little time code in here, I could put the audio from the video in. Week 12, Saints at Rams. 429 in the second quarter, second and seven on the Saints seven. What happens? Oh, Josh Reynolds touchdown off schedule play versus a three-man rush. You're absolutely Are right. you kidding me? You're unbelievable. Like now we are going to go to... This is Sean McVay's time in Washington. Oh, no. So we're bringing like it. it back to 2015, Week 7. Bucks at Skins. Yep. Second and seven on the Tampa Bay 24. 58 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Jamison Crowder wheel route down the right sideline. <laughs> Jamison Crowder wheel route down the right sideline. Set up the first down, and then how did that drive end? Jordan Reed touchdown and a 4 by one individual ISO slant. And what meme was that game... You like that. <laughs> He's good. He's real good. Check out the brain on Sean. Yeah. Amazing. And you're like, sorry, what? What? And then, and then he does another mental. one. And it's absolutely and utterly ridiculous and absolutely and utterly wonderful. Wow. That's, yeah. Okay. That is, that's cool. Don't forget to watch all of this weekend's games. NFL Game Pass is the ultimate way to watch games, highlights and NFL programs where and when you want. Watch your favourite team live each week or tune into NFL Red Zone. Never miss a touchdown. And if you can't watch it live, you can download highlights directly to your phone or tablet and catch up on the go. Plus, there's always the great NFL programs being added to our video library and the NFL Network is streamed streamed 24-7-365. Get in on the action and check out NFLGamePass.com to start your seven-day free trial now i've got the rams you've got the rams let's move to your san francisco 49ers the other 905 game they take on uh, the detroit lions at um it's levi stadium is it at levi stadium and the the 49ers despite how bad the lions were in that first game the 49ers are only six points favorites um, I'm not that surprised by that. Jimmy Garoppolo had undoubtedly his worst game as a starter in the NFL. Uh, they had uh, issues with the offensive line, with the injuries they've had internally. They've had, they had issues with the running game, with the issues post-McKinnon. There were plenty of reasons to not be happy with the 49ers' performance. And yet, they still managed to hold, to go within a score of a Vikings team that many fancy 
for the Super Bowl. So I'm just saying, let's not uh, let's let's just give some due that it was a game laden with mistakes, a game laden with problems, and yet still not a terrible performance. Do you think Matt Breeder beats out Alfred Morris as the number one? I think they're going to have to split the carries. I think Breeder is far too much of a. Um, of a third down back, far too much of a pass catcher, not enough of an, uh, an all-round back. I, it's a shame because I really like Matt Breeder, but I just don't think he's a between-the-tackles guy. And, you know, we've had this conversation independently. Alfred Morris is a player who had great moments in the NFL. I don't, I don't deny that. Had some really good seasons at Washington. In not a dissimilar scheme either, which is, you know, there's some hope there. But, yeah, honestly, I think that He's not good enough anymore to be a to be a bell cow back to be your feature back in this league, and I just yeah, I'm sorry, run game is going to be a problem this year. That being said, if anyone's going to figure it out, Carl Shanahan should be the one that figures it out, and I am going to take the 49ers at home. I am also taking the 49ers at home. I don't remember the last time I took the 49ers in a in a game that people were kind of fifty fifty on. This is all new territory for me. Right Maybe now. last back end of last year when Jimmy G had his his streak and people. Oh, when I got all over be... when I got all over excited. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. There was a couple of games where they there were some fifty fifties because of how well he he came in and, and started playing, regardless of how bad you guys were beforehand. Um I, I love what I love the connection he has with George Kittle and and Pettis. I think Pettis actually. Yeah, they both missed bad catches, though. Kittle missed a horrible catch, which would have been true. a big difference maker. Um, and then later on, Garoppolo missed him for a big throw. So, um, for the Lions' perspective, they can't be as bad offensively last week. I do. For as much as everyone will think I'm ridiculous, I believe in Matt Stafford. I think Matt Stafford is a good NFL quarterback. I mean, you have to. The amount of uh, times that you've drafted him uh, this year as uh, as your starting quarterback, you have to, because you otherwise you're throwing you're throwing that all away. But I agree with you. I'm not entirely sh- yeah. It, the, most three of those picks, three of the four picks last week, mainly down the middle, weren't were his fault some bad throws especially down the middle actually weren't good but Golden Tate Kenny Golladay looked really really good he made some great throws as well yeah I just think uh, the 49ers defense showed something that I think a lot of people didn't expect last week and I'm you know I'm I'm you know, I'm maybe not all in on the 49ers, but defensively they were brilliant. Fred Warner, when he moves back outside, when Ruben Foster returns, uh, the defensive line is getting there. Maybe a lack of pure edge rusher still at the moment, which is a problem. Yeah. Yep, that's definitely a problem. That's definitely yeah. a problem. Yeah. Now I've thought about it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, maybe a lack of pure edge rusher is a problem, but DeForest Buckner, I've said it once, and I'll keep saying it until he starts playing badly. Defensive player of the year candidate, like Dark Horse. Yeah, at home, I just fancy the 49ers to, to be the better coached team of these two. Matt Patricia, there's apparently all sorts of problems there uh, with the, his culture. A lot of the players haven't taken to it well. Uh, too hard on the players, don't like the way he trains, etc. All sorts of rumours coming out. Glover Quinn had to come out and deny it this week. It's all just a little bit messy. A team who, for them, losing their first game, they're in a bit of crisis mode. For the 49ers, it's a bit... Oh, well, let's move on. 
I think the 49ers have just the far superior defence. Um, the Detroit Lions defence is just woeful. Woeful. So, yeah, I've picked the 49ers as well. Let's go to uh, the 9.25 games. And it's live on Talk Sport. It's live on Sky Sports. It is... It's, I think it could be the game of the weekend. New England Patriots at the Jacksonville Jaguars. I've wow. seen a l- I've seen a lot of people backing the Jags in this, including myself on Gridiron Pickham, yep. I've just realised, and including Matt Sherry on Gridiron Pickham, although I'm convinced that's a bit of uh, classic laying against his team so that he gets a win either way. He either gets a win on, on the picks game or he gets a win for his uh, his beloved New England Patriots. My problem is, is that Jags defence will is completely set up to stop Tom Brady. And they did it last year, and this is obviously a replay of the AFC Championship game, where for three quarters, the bulk of three quarters, the Jags were by far the superior team. Problem is, is that the Patriots' defence last week looked great. Actual, genuine pass rush. And if Blake Bortles is getting pressure on him, he struggles when he's not got pressure on him. He struggles, like... He's a gr- he's a decent. I nearly said great about him. Then he's a decent player when he's got the play action and actually throws a good play action ball. Good eye for it. Good timing. Uh, makes the play action look legit, which is actually an underrated skill. Alex Smith, one of the worst at doing that, even though he actually has good stats as a play action quarterback. If you watch his technique when he's doing it, if you're a spy and you're watching what the quarterback's doing, you're like, well, he's going to throw that. That's obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Without Leonard Fournette to get that run game going, to set up the play action, I just think that the Jaguars will lack too much on offense. Could be a tight game if the Jags' defense is good. I don't know why I picked the Jags on Pickham. I'm going to be going and changing that shortly. Yeah, you've just made me change my mind. And I forgot about Leonard Fournette being, well, he did, potentially out. He didn't practice today. That's Thursday. Uh, without him, their offense doesn't look anywhere near as good. I know TJ Yeldon came in and he ran the ball pretty well and he looked quite good out of the backfield. He's a better pass-catching option than Leonard Fournette. But do you go against that Jacksonville defence, which was is still so good, still legit? Uh, what well, Do I change it? I don't know. Do I go with Jacksonville? Jacksonville in Jacksonville under the light. Is it going to be under the lights? No, it's not going to be under the lights. But Jacksonville not, at Jackson- this time, not at this time of year, it's not. No, no not quite. But I am picking the Jacksonville. Jack- I'm going to stick with Jacksonville. I believe in Jacksonville. I want Jacksonville to win. Despite that defense that you said of the Patriots. Despite Tom Brady still looking pretty good. Despite their running back situation. The, 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 the rotating cast still looking pretty good as well. I've, I've just got a feeling. I've got a feeling that the Jags want a bit of payback. I'm going the Jacksonville Jaguars. Here we go. Here yeah. we go. Woo! Uh, right. I think you're. I think you're ludicrous. But there we go. Thank you very much. The last 9:25 game, the dreadful Oakland Raiders are going to Mile High Stadium against the slightly spunky Denver Broncos. Is it? Quite, isn't it? I quite like funny? Denver Broncos. I think if there's a team that this week changed my mind more than any other it might have been the Denver Broncos purely because I was we said in our kind of season preview that they're one of those teams you could imagine getting 10 wins one of those teams you could imagine getting five wins yeah 
they look like a better coach team this year. It looks like already year one has taught um, Vance Joseph a lot. And they, they did a lot of the right things last week. And it wasn't just the fact that they, you know, finally had tight ends catching passes. They had a run game, which looked a threat. Okay. I still have my doubts over Case Keenum, but he wasn't terrible. Uh, you know, he wasn't quite Rams Case Keenum, even if he wasn't quite Vikings Case Keenum mm. as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was the fact that Vance Joseph made the decision, didn't get silly on offense, trusted the defense to make the plays they needed to play. And people, people always underrate that as a bold move. People always go, no, you should be trying to win the game on offense rather than trusting your defense to get a stop. Why should you trust your offense to not give the ball away if you don't trust it rather than trusting your defense to get a stop? I know it's in theory people think it's easier to get a uh, to to go to score than it is to stop a team. It's clearly not. That's why it's a balanced league. Yeah, I I, I like Denver. And I'm going to take I'm obviously going to take Denver in this game because they're the much better team, but I would have taken Denver in this game if they'd lost by 30 points last week. <laughs> yeah, because the Oakland Raiders don't look any good whatsoever. You can see why Khalil Mack left. I, well, as as I said, I'm now. not a fan. They had a good series at the start. <laughs> the first series. Yeah, they did. Yeah. I was like, oh, are they going to prove me wrong? The answer was no. Um, I don't I don't like John Gruden. <laughs> he just wound me up as a broadcaster. I don't remember him as a coach the first time round. I've got and to say, therefore... there was no finer moment this week than when John Gruden said, we have to, fi-, like, Basically said, we didn't get to the quarterback. We've got to figure out a way to do that. <laughs> well done, John. Funnily enough, John, you had a, a way to do that in-house. A pretty good one as well. Yeah. Some ex- would suggest top two or three in the league. Exactly. And you exactly. wouldn't pay him. You absolute clown. Uh, I'm taking the Denver Broncos. We'll talk about their... their pr- we'll talk about the... They're running backs in more detail, probably post this game, because I expect both Lindsay, Lindsay and Freeman to... Uh, Lindsay's to... a bit of a turn-up for the books, isn't he? Yeah, isn't it just? Um, I, I expect them to tear them a new proverbial. Uh, let's move to our game that will be on TalkSport, the Sunday night football game of the New York Giants going to the Dallas Cowboys. Now, the Cowboys it... weren't that great in Carolina, but the weather weren't wasn't that great, great They either. were awful. But the weather wasn't great either. So is that a little bit of a leveller or are the Cowboys genuinely awful? They are a team designed to be good in the weather because they're a running team, because they're a team with a decent defensive line and that have improved in the secondary. They are meant to be a team that can, first of all, win with a lead, which I know they didn't have in this game. But they're also meant to be a team who are designed to win in those sorts of conditions. When it's, you know, when it doesn't favour great football, they're meant to be a team that can, uh, that can impress. They did not impress against the Panthers and were very lucky to even score, to be quite honest with you. I do not like the Cowboys in this game. But do you know what? Is there, is there a bigger game in terms of impact on the season? Because... The Cowboys were desperate for a good start considering their their problems with injuries. The Giants were fancied with all the additions they made. One of these teams is going to start 0-2 and going to put themselves in a really tough... and lose divisional game as well, putting themselves in a pretty tough position very early in the season. I know there's always teams that 
improve and are well coached. And there's always a team that gets in from 0-2 and 0-3. And and but neither of these teams strike me as the kind of teams that are going to go on an 11 or 12 game winning streak. So that means they have to be winning you know, every other game, basically, with a couple of extra wins in there. Starting 0-2, I think, could be a real problem for both of these sides. Do you know what? That's a great shout, Woody. I know it's taken us about 55 minutes to get to this point, but that's the best thing you've said the entire show. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Um, I think. I've, it's a re- again, this is a really tough one to call. I think the talent perspectives, if you line up the rosters against each other, clearly the Giants have a better talent pool. They're, they're better across the board. So I'm picking the Giants from that perspective. I actually think the Jason Garrett's a better head coach than Pat Shermer, as it stands. Ooh. But we don't know. We don't just we don't know fully what Pat's going to do. So, hey, my but, internet's working again. Well, there we go. Great. So Brilliant. I can tell you that the thing we didn't talk about that I wanted to talk about when we want to talk about John Gruden being a clown. Go on. Martavis Bryant is back. With the Raiders. Yes, that that's weird, isn't it? Signed a one-year contract. Just odd. Just really bizarre. I don't understand what's going on. I forgot about that. Yeah, I thought he was going to be suspended. I think I heard somewhere that it was potentially on a, a, a week-to-week basis and they'll cut him as soon as he gets... Um, as soon as the, the, the whole appeals and that sort of situation comes to fruition they'll end up cutting him but they they feel they're a better team with him in it you know notwithstanding the the charges or whatever the the the, the suspension hanging over him than him not being in the team so yeah you know uh, yeah no i it's a, all a very valid point now let's talk about monday night football and i'm going to be hyper specific as to how i think this game is going to go like properly ridiculously specific too specific probably but there okay. we go let's do this so chicago bear this is basically going to be a replay of the packers game the chicago bears are going to go up <laughs> early and and look really good early on because that's what matt Nagy does and then the seahawks are going to battle back like the packers did in russell wilson fashion though so it'll be rather than being a nice on-time rhythm offense, they will. Um, they'll have some ridiculous plays. He'll throw something. He'll make a completion for sixty or seventy-five yards to some guy we've never heard of before, and we'll all be scratching our heads, going, "Who?" Uh, and then, but it, but the difference this week is it will be too little, too late, and the yeah, and the Chicago Bears will get the win. I think the Bears will be far too far too far ahead even if i'm going on board with your with your uh, prediction your, clair, your clairvoyant hypotheses that that it will be the same game i think they're going to be far too far ahead because Khalil Mack is going up against DJ Fluka and Jermaine Ifedi on that right hand side of the Seattle's offensive line but also going up against uh but also going up against uh, uh, a quarterback who is escape sacks better than almost any other in the league right now. Uh, I don't care. I think I think uh, Khalil Mack will have another absolute field day. I'm predicting he's going to score a, a, a fumble return for a touchdown. You're predicting he's going to score a fumble. So he's had uh, an inception already. Yep. 
and he's had uh he's had a, he's he had? had a strip sack he's, he's had, had an interception sack. um i and it, and forced fumble he's injured a quarterback i'm telling you he will score a fumble return touchdown against the seahawks because ifidi cuz he needs and, to complete the set uh, yeah ifidi and fluka are are dreadful and he is next level i am going to be I'm I'm going to be delighted to watch this game, and I hate watching the Bears, but I just want to watch Khalil Mack. He is a difference maker. He is unbelievable. He was unbelievable against the Green Bay Packers in that first half. He was unplayable, and I think he'll do more with an extra week under his belt with the Chicago Bears. And this, there you go, John Gruden. Is... You want to know how ridiculous you've been? You've made a Packers fan root for the Bears. I'm not you rooting terrible, for the Bears. Terrible, terrible man. I'm not rooting you... for the Bears. I just want to watch him play. I'll never root for the Bears. I'm rooting for the Seahawks in this, but I want to watch him play because I'm excited to see what he is going to going to do. And I think he is going to be an absolute wrecking ball against the Seahawks. I th- Wrecking ball. However many sacks, I, he could get two and a half sacks, fumble return for a touchdown, two pass deflections. He's going to be amazing. We've run super long. And yep. we've still got to get the latest uh, odds from our friends at Red Zone. So I think we've done all the games, right? Just Monday Night Football. No, that was Monday That was football. Monday Night Football. Yeah, we've done all the games. Good. Right. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Uh, so... Sorry. Uh, before we get to uh, Warren at Redstone Sports, are there any final thoughts, Ollie? Um, we don't need to talk about Gary Stevens, do we? Well, I mean, all I'm saying is just this has been a bit of a, a rough week on the podcasting front, being able to put this together, find a time, having all sorts of technical problems. So, you know, if you want to give me and Ollie some love in our mentions on Twitter, you're more than welcome to because it would get Gary Stevens out of my mentions. And uh, if you want to know the reason why that is, what was it, 5.15 on Tuesday morning? Just listen again on Twitter. I mean, you could do that or you could find the many, many various versions of it that have popped up online. Look at my mentions, find the YouTube videos. I got the wrong Gary Stevens, basically, and he lost his mind at me. And then we had a rather heated debate about Gareth Southgate's tactics because he decided, rather than being like, I'm so annoyed at you, I'm going to hang up. He decided that I'm going to tell you how annoyed I am at you on air, and then I'm going to have a very angry debate with you about Gareth Southgate, which was, I have to say, really good fun. So there you go. I have just quote tweeted someone who's done a video of it. Of um, course you have. So go to at Ollie Hunter uh, and you'll find it there. Enjoy. Brilliant stuff. Sorry it was all a bit ramshackle this week, guys. But Well, well, well uh, I don't think it was ramshackle. I thought it was analysis, analysis heavy. I thought it was... I, I've had a really good time. Why are you being like this? Nah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe Gary Stevens has just got me really upset. He hasn't at all. Oh, buddy. I'm just going to go back to playing more Spider-Man. Uh, Ollie, thank you very much. Let's get the odds on the big games this week. With Warren from RedZoneSports.bet. So joined now on the line by Warren from RedZoneSports.bet. Warren, uh, I, I think we're all feeling a little worse for wear after a late night Thursday night. The first uh, first one of the regular season. I don't consider the opening night the same because there's the amount of adrenaline there. But you've got to drag yourself really out of bed to watch Bengals-Ravens. Ended up being a decent game. Um, but let's look forward to the weekend. Vikings at Packers really intrigues me. Just because... 
I wonder how you guys go about pricing this up, considering the Aaron Rodgers conundrum. Well, I just um, I just got off the phone to uh, my business partner and our director of trading because he does all the clever stuff, um, and uh, asked him, you know, how we're pricing it, and uh, he was saying if Rodgers is playing, then Green Bay will probably be two and a half point favourites. That means you've got to, if you want to back them on the spread, you're backing them to win by three points or more. Um, and if Rogers do, uh, doesn't play, then they'll be seven point underdogs. So you'll be backing Green Bay plus seven points. Um, it's a huge swing, and, you know, nine and, that, and a half points, isn't it? Well, he, you know, let's face it, he, he virtually is a one man team, really. That team is, is, is without him, it's just unrecognizable. Uh, personally, I, I wouldn't be backing Green Bay on either spread, to be quite honest with you. I think he looked, well, Green Bay looked pretty normal uh, against a Bears defense that is nowhere near as good as the Vikings defense on paper. So, you know, I think the Vikings D um, is really going to get after Rodgers if he plays or, or just really be able to stifle anything that Green Bay can do if he doesn't play. Um, you know, it's in Minnesota. So, you know, I, I, I only see the Vikings winning the game and I think they'll cover the spread either way myself so uh, there's another game I'm, if I'm looking for upsets and I'm looking for value this week there's another game where the early week lines caught my attention I'm interested to see if it's moved at all in the week and that's the uh, the all NFC South clash between the Panthers and Falcons uh, where, where are we sat at, at the moment with that uh, Panthers Falcons let me have a look at uh, the line now this is like go down and I, I, I pad while I look. The line's at five and a half points at the moment, so you can either um, uh, back the Falcons minus five and a half points, or you can back the Panthers plus five and a half points. Um, and I would be backing the Panthers, to be quite honest. I think Panthers might win the game. I, I think um, Atlanta have suffered some devastating injuries in the, you know, last week, both out for a year. They've lost their safety, and they've lost their linebacker, Deacon Jones, who, you know, he is really important to stopping the run game because he's so fast across the ground to anybody breaking through. And, you know, you've got, he's going up now against McAfee and, you know, obviously Cam Newton himself. Uh, so I, I think that's going to be, um, a, a where the Panthers are going to get some joy against Atlanta. Their, their, their defense is, is, is weakened and, and I will be backing the Panthers plus five and a half points myself. I'm with you. I, I, combined with the pat with the Falcon struggles in the red zone last week, I was surprised by the length of this line. You know, I know the Panthers won an ugly game against the uh, against the Cowboys, but sometimes you've got to win ugly. Sometimes that's just the way it works. So, yeah, I, I think we're sat in a very similar position on this one, Warren. And what about prime time? Because a couple of interesting games on prime time, starting on Sunday night with the Giants at the Cowboys. So just reference that ugly game this past weekend. They're now back in their own building. The Giants are in town who struggled against that Jags defence and how how are the kind of how are the lines, how's everything looking on this one at the moment? Well, um, you know, it's a standard uh Cowboys are three point favourites, which is the standard sort of uh what you do for a home team. So, you know, if they were playing in a neutral ground they there wouldn't be any points given. I personally like the Giants plus three points and we got it priced at one point nine three decimal. Um and uh, I think Giants will win the game to be quite. I think when you look back at the game tape of them against the Jags, they did okay. Most importantly, their defense looks fantastic. So I mean, I, I you know I think that um, that uh, Dak Prescott and the uh, Dallas offense might struggle against the, the uh, Giants. And also the Giants on their offense 
they were playing against the Jackson D, which is the defense everyone says is the best in the league. It's going to take them to the Super Bowl. And the Giants were still in the game, still could have won the game, you know, near the end. It was a close game. Yes, they lost. But they're not facing that defense this week. They're facing the Dallas defense, which, quite frankly, is, 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 is sluggish and is missing their center. And on, on the other side of the ball, they're missing their center, Travis Freebrick. So I think that the Giants D will definitely get, get to, uh, put some holes in there and uh, get some stops. Yeah, and the, and the Giants D, actually, they play a very compacted front um, like the, the, the on the defensive side of the ball. Plus, they've got Damon Snacks Harrison, not only the man with one of the best nicknames in the NFL, but yeah. one, of, one of the best run stoppers in the NFL. So I, I think they are set up, the Giants, to beat the Cowboys. But in the NFC East, there is always that unpredictability. So, you know, would I be surprised if the Cowboys managed to bounce back and win this one? Not necessarily. But if I were a betting man, and I am, I do like the Giants in this one. <laughs> um, yeah. no, I, I, I'm with you. And then there's Monday Night Football. Seahawks at Bears. Now, Warren, you won't have had the delight of listening to me and Ollie ramble on for the last hour yet. You will do. But uh, I have a... I have a a feeling about the way this game's going to go. And essentially, I feel like this game's going to be exactly the same as the game in Green Bay, in that Chicago looked very impressive early on and the opposition come back into the game later. But I don't fancy the Seahawks to be able to come all the way back and I've got the Bears winning this one. But are they favourites and what's the points line and how are we, how are we kind of sitting on this? Well, do you know, I, I actually agree with your analysis of of that um, but there's a three point favourites which again I go back to the point that uh, as a standard line you give the home, uh, the home team three points and you give the um, you know minus three points and you give the away team plus three points and then you take it from there and you move it up and down so this is the bulk standard line um, but I, I I think that the Bears they, their D looks great against Green Bay and they, they're sort of facing again a one man team in Russell Wilson really aren't they it's the same sort of conundrum they're coming up against and I, I, I will have them as you say stifling uh, stifling the Seahawks for much of the game and maybe towards the end Russell Wilson trying to do some uh, heroics to, to get in the game but I think he will fall short and then on the on the other side of the ball uh, on defence with the Seahawks I just you know they're not the unit they were five six years ago certainly and this spread off offence that that Chicago putting out with Trubisky you know in the centre, it, it, it looks good. And I, and I think that they're going to struggle. I mean, they struggle to stop Denver scoring with Case Keenum looking pretty vanilla. I think they're going to struggle to stop Chicago scoring. So I, I, I like the Bears to cover the three-point uh, three spread. So I'd be on the Bears myself. Great stuff. Warren joining us from redzonesports.bet. Don't forget, if you go on our Twitter channel, at Gridiron, you can catch me and Josh uh, making our weekly predictions of what we uh, of three of our favourite bets over two videos uh, that we like for this week and some nicely priced up trebles for us. So head there and check that out at Gridiron and head to redzonesports.bet for all of, their, all of the action. Tazda, get all your Welsh favourites like a 350 gram pack of Collier's Powerful Welsh Cheddar was £3, now £2. And six braces Welsh cakes, get two packs for just £1.50. St David's Day worthy at celebratory prices. Don't compromise. Asda, save money, live better. Selected stores subject to availability. Welsh cakes, Wales only. £1.10 per pack.